Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Happy Comic King. You ready to do some podcasting here in Edinburgh? Very excited. This kind of podcast is very out of my comfort zone. I can't read. No, what? I just, <laughs> you can look at the pictures, though. <laughs> yeah, the pictures are nice. Hi, I'm your host, Jimmy Kavanagh. And I'm also Kira Berkeley. And we, we are, are Comic Swapping Comics. in that comic book store because I'd completely forgotten all about comics. Like, I'd, I'd read... Just forgot they existed. Yeah, so I'd read, like, Simpsons comics when I was extremely young because mm. I had a very dodgy childminder who brought us up on, like, Simpsons tapes, so she'd lock, like, 12 kids in the living room and there was just, like, endless tapes and my Weird. first recollection of TV is the Treehouse of Horror fourth uh, one what happens in the fourth one? I think it's when Homer sells a soul for a donut oh that's a great one and so before I could even read I was just like reading Simpsons comics while my parents did like a weekly food shop and I'd sit you know like the magazine store yeah, like supermarkets yeah. and I'd sit there but I was reading them left to right across like the double page spread <laughs> and I was like this is so confusing <laughs> comics like jump back and forth an awful lot I think I'm gonna give these things a miss so this was the first time I've tried to get back into comics and I'm already enjoying it you grew up on Simpsons comics it was more like the episodes Ooh. but I have literally still didn't complete cerebral development before any of this started so locked inside a living room for I say locked I have no idea but I, I, I specifically remember not being allowed out for a long time watching tapes and tapes of Simpsons episodes and I'm not even like a huge huge fan of the now I just mm. whenever I watch them again it brings back such interestingly nice memories I also started reading comics before I could understand what comics yeah. were. Comics can be very confusing sometimes. Yeah. Not that confusing, but about whether you read them page by page or you, it's a two-page spread. Yeah. Oh, who knows what's going on. you turn the page and it's like you're faced with so much yeah. <laughs> content and I can't focus on mm. all of that at once, so I just want to see it all, yeah. all at once, <laughs> hopping all around the page. I remember reading Simpsons comics. Simpsons comics and the Beano and the Dandy were the first yeah. ones I read, and maybe some like little Garfield strips as well. Oh, very cool. But I do have very vivid memories of not understanding what was happening inside speech bubbles, yes. and so just coming up with my own stuff instead. Yeah, I didn't understand like words. No, you know. Yeah. So the one I remember having the most was when Homer becomes like principal of Springfield Elementary and just stocks fish sticks in the in the cafeteria. And they, and then like, just remember something exploding with fish sticks. But the best part about those comics was at the very, very back of them, they had people who had done and sent in um, fan artwork. Yes. And they'd done amazing, like, yes. pictures of, and like, portraits of the Simpsons getting up to, like, random stuff. Yeah. And I remember they used to have, like, the Simpsons cinema where people would send in movie posters they'd drawn but with the yes, Simpsons characters. Yes. It was yeah. so good. I remember that. Yeah. I remember I spent ages drawing the cover of Super Smash Brothers Brawl oh, with Simpsons characters. That's so good. I'm being very proud. The only one I can remember is that comic book guy was Wario, which I was quite proud very, of. Very, very good, good yeah. But I think I finished it. I didn't want to give it away. I didn't have a photocopier, so I just wanted to keep it yeah. for myself. Yeah, well, of course, man. Yeah. It's too good. 
I, remember I did like a portrait of Abe Simpson, I think, and then I left it on the table in the living room. And when I came back to it, there were loads of like mug rings on it because I think oh, someone no. had just had like a cup of coffee and like, you know, when you're just a kid and you just draw and leave them everywhere, yeah, and you're like, yeah. wow, why would anyone? want to disturb my things <laughs> that are on every single surface. That's so rude. By the way, by folks the way. at home, I'm joined today by Kira Berkeley. Uh, <laughs> hey, Kira. I waved at the microphone. So, <laughs> uh, Kira is my guest here, who we, we've been talking about Simpsons just now, as you've heard. Yeah. <laughs> you've been um, there. We are here at, in Edinburgh. Edinburgh Fringe. Edinburgh Fringe, woo. It's actually been... Very pleasant, weather-wise really as well. Yeah, it's been great. I've had a great time. I've been leaving the house with no jacket or anything, just walking around. Completely naked. Yeah. <laughs> it's Edinburgh, man. It's a show. You can't, like, if anyone asks, you'd be like, I'm yeah, in the free fringe. This is my show. show. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Please leave a donation. <laughs> Kira is here with Improv She Wrote. Woo. Trinity College Dublin's plug, plug. best and only improv group. Best and you guys are doing only. a show. Yeah, we, uh, we have a nine... Show stint. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. at the, at the space, uh, part of the paid fringe. It's going to be very, very good. We were mixing it up with some romantic comedy genre, long form, and now we're also doing some short games, um, and then a little bit of long form at the end. It's it's for everyone over nice. over eighteen years old. Oh, good idea. And uh, what time can uh, I see this show? 10.40. At 10.40. the space. It's it's the venue opposite KFC. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> but uh, you'll see a KFC and you'll understand. Nice. You have done a few shows. Yeah. And well, it's going good. It's going great. We'll be warmed up and raring to go. Now, I'm also a, an ex-member of Improv mm-hmm. She Wrote from my time at Trinity. You're a veteran. <laughs> I was a member for my final year and I loved it. Some of my best memories of college are from being yeah. in that improv team. I've just never felt in any sort of performance or group setting, I've just never felt so supported by yeah. one big group of people. Yeah, so everyone's so dependable and they just have your back all the time. We it's absolutely cool loved having you. You were, oh, you were a legend Kira. amongst everyone. Oh, stop it, Kira. I'm so excited for next year because Kira, along with our good friend Owen Potts, is going to be running Improv She Wrote. Yes, and Imo when she comes back from Erasmus. Of course. Any big ideas for the new Improv She Wrote? We have a couple games coming out. I don't know if you've seen it, like Vanity Fair tend to do this thing where they like give funny people like Kate McKinnon or the actors from Workaholics like an improvised like business presentation so they give them loads of powerpoint slides and then they have to give the powerpoint to like a business meeting having not seen the slides before oh, so Owen and cool. I were like that is hilarious let's try and do an improv game like that so we'll get a suggestion from the audience about an object that hasn't ever been invented yet and then Owen and I will come in with like suit jackets and ties and try and pitch this invention and there will be like a celebrity that we have to guess who's sponsoring the invention and like its function and all that kind of stuff, the slogan that goes with it, you know? <laughs> that would be really fun. This is so exciting. I'm yeah. so excited to see where you guys take it. Improv She Wrote has just been growing and growing and going so up in the world. So fast yeah. in the past couple of years. Yeah, you were saying to me as well earlier, you're going to try to take it a bit outside of uh, the college walls yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely, because I think there's going to be so much opportunity to kind of bring it around different places in Dublin, and I'd really love to do that a bit more. So that maybe when we come to the Fringe next year which is definitely going to happen hopefully paid fringe again nice we'll have a bit more of a name like in dublin yes as a whole big plans but hey you've uh, got some big improvisers big big talent yeah (laughs) we were also talking earlier well i was giving my opinion on improv she wrote when i come to the fringe i do love to go see other improv shows i don't think it's just because i know you guys and i love you guys uh, but improv she wrote is 
the best improv group I've ever seen. <sighs> and maybe it's because I've seen most of your shows, but it's just so consistently yeah. hilarious and creative and so funny in ways that um, I've never seen matched in a live improv show. I've never gone to see yeah. an improv show that I didn't think Improv She Wrote could have done, and not, if not just as good, better than. Yeah, because um, we did that Free Friends show last year. I, of course, I'm in it, so I just think everyone's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually never laughed that much, though, in my entire life. That week of that Free week, Friends shows, I don't think I've ever laughed I, so much over I gained week. muscle yeah. in my face <laughs> from smiling so much. Not just from the shows, but just from all living together in that beautiful apartment. Free Fringe is just so much more loose, you know? Because yes, you kind of yeah. feel like you've got lower stakes, like... Obviously, being in the space this year is brilliant because it's an established space. The stakes are then really high and you kind yes. of feel like you've got to have it very, very tight. Whereas in Free Fringe, we were just like all mad and that was yeah. very, very fun. <laughs> there will definitely be that level again this year, but it's, uh, we've got to warm up a bit first, I, I feel. <laughs> so, we're here today to talk about two comics we swapped. <laughs> now, um, of course, being at the Edinburgh Fringe is a very busy time mm. for everyone. So, this is the first of what I'm calling the... Edinburgh specials where rather than give each other some full-blown graphic novel comic book collections Kira and I just visited Forbidden Planet Edinburgh. That's very cool. We both picked out a comic, a single issue of a comic we thought the other person was, would like, went to a cafe, sat in silence and read them both, <laughs> and then uh, came, <laughs> hey man, it's yeah, came here to Club Valentine Studios, Edinburgh, to talk about them. So, Kira, what did you give me this week? Um, I gave you the first edition of Glow, which is a comic book based on the Netflix series Glow. It's a very good series. It stars Alison Brie. She is so brilliant. She really like comes into her own as like a leading lady. She plays someone called Wilder, Ruth Wilder. She's like a budding actor in the 80s, but isn't getting any work. And it like brings up loads of stuff about sexism in terms of roles and things like that. Uh, and how difficult it is for women to get on in that business. So then she finds a job, which is like playing a wrestler. You'll be playing a wrestler in this TV series or whatever. And she's like, okay, fantastic. Goes to the audition, finds out that it's actually real wrestling. And GLOW stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. And so this really slimy guy who's usually used to directing B-movies is getting all of these women to put on these crazy female wrestling personas. And so she puts on like this amazing Russian um, persona and she's like, pretends to be like a communist and that's her thing. Where she's like, just like... <laughs> Being an angry communist with a really terrible Russian accent, wrestling people, calling Americans capitalist pigs. Uh, and it's really, really good. It's an excellent program. Lots of great issues about feminism and being strong, all that kind of stuff. Everything you'd like. Sorry, it's the only one that stood out to me. I was like, thanks, something yeah. that I have seen. Yeah. That is what I decided to give you. Amazing. And I give you Exorcisters, um, <laughs> which so we both saw on the shelf and both immediately uh, our interest was piqued. Mm. Um, now this is issue five, so we kind of were, we dived in the deep end here, yeah. but it seems to be a comic series about two twins, both called Kate, one with a K, one with, K, one one with a C. C. They're kooky like that. Mm -hmm. 
who, when they were very young, their mother made a deal with the devil. Not entirely clear what the deal was. It's heavily implied that it's sexual, but... Uh, mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but either way, she had to give up one of her daughters to the devil. Then when the devils come to collect Kate, Kate is a bit of a, a minx and she signs the other Kate's name. Yeah. And that Kate is taken away. So what seems to have happened over the last four issues is that Kate with a C rescued Kate with a K from hell. From hell. And now they're back on Earth, but uh, hell is coming to them. Hell is yeah, coming after hell them. Yeah, hell is coming to get them. And it's very, it's very fun. It's There's a lot going on. Yeah. kooky characters. Cool girls. Cool girls. You can see the two Kates on the cover here punching demons in the face. Yeah. And it's nice. Both of the Kates have very different personalities. One from growing up in hell. <laughs> the other one from living with the guilt of sending, sending her, her sister, sister to hell. hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, that does really speak out to me. With As someone with a sister, I kind of, you know, I relate yeah. to wanting to send your sister you to hell. You have a hilarious sister. Yeah, um, Leanne. Leanne, who is... Would you say she's the Kate to your Kate? Now, which Kate are you talking about? The Kate with the, Is she the Kate with the K to my Kate with the C? I don't know. Which Kate do you think you are? Kate with a C. Kate with a C is the one who signed up her sister for hell. Yeah. <laughs> if the devils came to you... By the way, these devils, if we open the first page here, are very strange looking. They wear loincloths. It's kind of... They, they look less kind of scary and more just really, really keen. They're very keen. They seem to be just made completely out of muscles and fur. Yeah. And these... <laughs> frankly upsetting loincloths. Yeah. I look at these loincloths and I'm upset. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the reason... It, I mean, if you guys saw it, you'd kind of understand. It's not like a scary devil. They are literally like magic red mics. Mm. But they're kind of saying like things like, uh, they told me all the things they'd do to my mother if I didn't go with them. And all that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, well, you know, why wouldn't devils do that? Yeah. I recently watched... The Exorcist, the original one. I've never seen it. Tell me it's about it. It's fantastic. I watched it when I was extremely young. My mom was just kind of like, girls, you've got to watch this film. It's on the TV right now. Like, come on downstairs. To, to me and Leanne. What age were you at this point? I was seven. Oh, and wow. And Leanne was 11. And we didn't sleep for literally <laughs> two weeks because it was absolutely horrendous. But uh, my mom is a big uh, horror film fiend. Uh, uh, and so we watched it and I was like so petrified, obviously. And then we rewatched it again, my friend Porg. Because he was like, no, it's hilarious. Like, the actress is so good. And I was like, nah, man, she's actually possessed. Like, I don't believe that she's a real person. Um, and it was good. I forgot how sexual it was. She, like... A lot of it is about the girl is, you know, who was possessed. I can't mm. remember her name. Uh, devil girl. And she's kind of like, let Jesus fuck you. Obviously, like, in a more, um, in a more possessed kind of way, you know. She's, like, drooling. She throws up green stuff. Is she possessed by Jesus? She's possessed by the devil. So this guy goes on, like, a trip to, uh, it's really unclear. It's, they don't even, I don't even think they name the country, or maybe they do. But it's just somewhere that's meant to be, like, really, really foreign in the Middle East somewhere, mm. in inverted commas, and they have loads of close-ups of people wearing, like, hijabs and niqabs, and they're like, wow, look how weird they are. They're <laughs> up to so much weird stuff. So then he's doing, like, some kind of archaeology thing, and he goes 
and he finds this rock of what is the devil's name? It's not Satan. It's like Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub. Nah, it's like a, it's like a separate kind of devil name. There's like seven of them or something. I don't know. <laughs> and so he finds a rock and he's like, this makes me uncomfortable. And then it comes somehow back to maybe San Francisco. I can't remember the setting of any of these places. It comes through the girl's window and then like possesses her because mm. it's lingering around the steps outside her window and then comes through. Is there any reason it chooses her or just goes for it? Um, she's just a nice girl, man. Yeah. And, you know, like nice girls get it the worst. Oh, tell so, me about it. Yeah, she's got to have like two priests then take it out of her and then one of the priests i won't spoil it for anyone who's not seen the exorcist Mm. but anyway it's kind of not the same as the film but i'm excited about it you know Mm. it's good how would the exorcist compare to the exorcisters if the girl in the exorcist had a sister i'd say maybe it would play out the same wow i mean the devils would be less attractive because they you would say that these two devils in this book are kind of you know or like demons or whatever are kind of attractive you know yeah kind of the muscly nice full teeth yeah nice grins big Big cheeks oh yeah quads so i would say i mean it would be a little bit more scary but i kind of feel like this is the basic plot if she were to have a sister if she had a sister do you think the film would have had a happier ending i just can't imagine both of them being possessed you've seen like the scene of her like up and down on the bed she's like mother which is also just hilarious because she doesn't ever say mum she's just like mother and she's on the bed and the bed's like violently shaking I reckon there might have been a happy ending because there's two priests and then there'd be two sisters so they could like double date with the devil you know (laughs) let's say you come home one day uh, you haven't seen Leanne in a while go into her room she's possessed what do you do how do you react she's kind of in the room next to me so it would be loud and mm. annoying. I just kind of be a bit annoyed. It's kind of like an attention-seeking thing because I'm just like had my stint at the Edinburgh Fringe, and then my parents are like, "That's great, Kira. Like, well done." And then I come back, and Leanne's like, "Oh yeah, well now I'm possessed by the <laughs> devil, so like suck on that." And then we'd have to like compete with that and yeah. things. So um, you wouldn't do what Kate does and try to rescue her? Oh well, not immediately when I come back. I'd be pretty wrecked. Yeah, you know, that's fair. You need to get your sleep. Got a long time here. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe eventually. that's a big ask you know like, whoa because uh, we're going on holiday then like a few days afterwards so oh, I have shit. a pretty you small get the window demons. yeah yeah man I'd, I'd give it a try I'd, I'd give it a shot yeah see how it works out what else can we say about this comic it's there's so much going on that we don't quite understand because no. this is five issues in there's this little Mickey Mouse looking insect in a jar yeah. and Angel Gabriel comes in and he's like, is he one of you? Or something like that. And then they're like, oh, the, the Mickey Mouse in the jar. Yeah, he's... Something about a fish tank exploding when There's, they put yeah. a rotten burrito into it. There's a fish tank that just has a little flame in it and the flame seems to be named fish. They get a homeless man yeah. to throw them a burrito and they put it in and it explodes and that is a good thing? Yeah. They seem pretty relieved. Because they make some kind of campfire and mm. pleased about it. A lot of it actually, I feel, does kind of plug my group again Please. it does kind of play out like a, one of our uh, long forms because then the mum comes in and the mum is just absolutely not who I was expecting she mm-hmm. is the one who made a deal with the devil but she comes in in like a, an M&S beige trench yeah. coat and kind of like has you know her hair permed back and like little goofy specks that you could buy in boots and I just was like why you're not I was expecting you to be some like 
crazy hot shit Botox mad dressed all in latex mum like was having a fling with the devil mm -hmm. and you're so beige <laughs> I heard don't not convince and she comes in and she's like, Mom, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> the devil wears beige. The devil wears beige, yeah. Uh, Kira, we've got to take a very quick break. No problem. Uh, but we will be right back to talk more about Exorcisters and Glow. Wee. Well, hello everyone. I am Jimmy Kavanagh, host of the podcast you're listening to right now, and I'm currently sitting in the kitchen of an apartment, whispering so I don't wake up my nine roommates. Why am I in an apartment with nine roommates, you ask? Because I'm at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, a notoriously expensive time of year, and I'm here with Club Valentine's brand new show, The Valentine Boys, because the rent is due. This is our Edinburgh Fringe debut. We are all extremely excited. Ah, ah, that's right. First to the 25th of August at the Charteris Centre in just the sanctum as part of just the tonic as part of the edinburgh fringe festival at 20 past 11 at night it's pay what you want you can give us as much or as little money as you like depending on how much you like the show you can book tickets online it's going to be really really fun i'm very very excited to be here please come along and see it if you can hey Here's a little low-quality preview of our high-quality show. This is from a preview show we did in Drop Dead Twice in Dublin. Great venue, check it out, great bar. They let us use it for free, which was so cool. Uh, this is from a brand new sketch, never performed before except that day. Myself and Sam play two fast-talking, no-good con men who are pitching ideas for a new Notre Dame to Robbie, who plays the Pope in Rome. Check it out. Now, Pope, we're a couple of no-good, fast-talking combat. So we're also Catholics. Now you're talking, please continue. See, we got a hot rod. And a rockin' bottom. And we believe in a Catholic God. And we got big plans for Notre Dame. Well, before we start, this is not a scam. We would never do such a thing to you. No, it's not a scam. I swear it's true. Now, the first big thing any good church needs is a How much money do you want? You think that's the question? 
Yes. No, no. <laughs> I want to know what's that gonna go under the roof. You see, I got this friend. His name is the Dalai Lama. He rings me up. He says, hey, Pope, what's on your roof? Because you know what's under my roof? It's a big fucking golden Buddha. And then he hangs up the phone before I can say anything. So I need to know what we're gonna put on that roof, huh? If you'd like to find out what the fast-talking conmen put on the roof of the new Notre Dame, come along to the Valentine Boys because the rent is due. Chatteris Center, 1st to the 25th, 11.20pm. Pay what you want. We'll see you there. And we're back! And we're back! We're back! And we're gonna talk about GLOW! Wee. Um, one thing, reading Glow really reminded me of reading Simpsons comics. Yeah. Because it is seeing these characters. Now, I haven't seen Glow, but I'd be familiar enough with, like, seeing clips and trailers and mm. that kind of thing. Mm. So seeing these characters in a whole other medium. The premise of this comic is that they are going to a wrestling convention, but they need to pay their own way. So they're all making... all. Each character is doing their own thing to make money in their own way, which mm. is a great introduction to each of the different characters. Yeah, brilliant. It ends on a bit of a cliffhanger when they meet the other ladies who they're going to be wrestling against. And so for me, this could have easily been the synopsis for an episode of the show. Yeah. Which I realized when I was looking back on Simpsons comics more recently... A lot of the plots of the comics I had in my memory were episodes yeah, of The Simpsons. Yeah. There's a lot of classic episodes in my head that were never on TV. They were just mm, in the comics. Mm. Yeah, what did you? how did you think it compared to the show? You're a big fan of the show. Yeah, so it was really, like you said, it does play out like an episode. Because it's got cutaways and then it comes back. It's got like B-plots. Mm. Uh, whereas like, I mean, of course, Exorcisters was fantastic. But it just kind of like followed them for like the entirety of 15 pages mm -hmm. um but then with this one it had yet yeah, cutaways where it um had lots of jokes that and you could kind of feel it as a scene change when you're what when you're reading it yeah um so that was really great uh it is pretty much exactly like an episode uh yeah. of the show you think they've captured the characters well yeah definitely because alison brie is just such a lovely, like, bubbly person who's really trying to drive everyone because she's obviously really wanted to do it for the acting mm. thing, but then now that it turns out that it wasn't actually an acting job and it was actually now a job, yeah. uh, she's kind of trying to get everyone hyped and drill enthusiasm into the rest of the team. Um, and they're a lovely group of very strong, powerful women. Yeah. What I really liked about this comic and what I'd love to see in the show as well is that even though they're all fighting each other and there are all these characters who have their own backstories that they've made up and uh, they all seem to be a big group of friends who yeah. like really love each other and mm. support each other like improv she wrote oh hey oh, oh my God. There again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah there just seems to be it seems to be all about camaraderie even mm. though their job is to fight each other but again if your job was professional wrestling you'd need mm. that camaraderie you'd need that trust yeah there's also well they have because this is only issue one so i didn't expect this to come out either but the 
weird slimy director guy that is trying to push like none of them want to go to this wrestling convention let alone pay their own way there they're being Mm. paid they're paying for themselves to work there he's kind of like yeah the one who's making forcing everyone to do it he is actually like a really depressing background you know like he's just got a really awful he's had a really awful time of it i think he might have been through a divorce or some kind of terrible family thing uh he has like depressing kind of relationships and flings that never really go anywhere so i like that he comes out as just a very grumpy but very funny guy because then you obviously want to sort of read more about him as well i was surprised because i know he's played by mark maron who is a very huge in the podcast world's one of the biggest podcasters but oh, really? also just a very funny comedian yeah but i sort of know him as this funny kind of down-to-earth comedian so i wasn't expecting this character to be so, such like a grump yeah um, yeah he's got some very very funny lines in it as well but yeah he comes across as a as quite a to me at least quite a bad rude guy yeah he is definitely bad definitely kind of exploiting these women a little mm. bit but they have no money and yeah. so they're kind of like forced to do this. They will have eventually a really nice chemistry with yeah. him. It is a great comic. And I was really pleased that they had like an original story for each thing because obviously the first series is a little bit different to how this one started <laughs> off. But it's based, the characters are all there. So they've mm. got all of the tropes in there very, very well. If you were to be one of oh. the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, uh, you don't have to choose one in the comic. You could make your own persona. What do you think you'd be? I'll open up here for inspiration. At the back of the comic, there's a the little yeah introduction to each of the characters. So we see their real names and their wrestling names, which is a lot of fun. We've got Liberty Bell, who's kind of like, I kind of got Captain America vibes yeah, from her. Yeah. Fortune Cookie. Yes. Sheila the She-Wolf is a, mm. a brilliant character. Sheila um, the She-Wolf doesn't seem to have a real name. She is hilarious. She is every one of those young like kids who thought that they were dogs. Or like were wolves, like, and I was I relate really hard to that. I yeah. spent a lot of time, maybe until about six, on my hands and knees, panting and eating my food off the floor. That's why my knees are like extremely hairy because they were bald <laughs> throughout the whole time. Um, but I love her because she is just she's so she just wears she wears wolf skin, which I find weird. Oh. Kind of eats raw meat. Oh. Hey man, she's doing it hard. So her wrestling thing is more just like an expression of that rather than another persona. I I know. It's maybe, maybe, maybe I've just got exorcists on the brain, but I really do think that my wrestling persona would be some kind of exorcist related yeah, ordeal. Absolutely, you know, I yeah. crush people with the power of Satan. Nice. Let, let Jesus kill you, wrestle you, beat yeah. you up, Yeah, punk. Do you think yourself and Leanne could do some sort of tag team exorcisters type deal? That would deal? be brilliant, yeah. We'd have some copyright issues. Once I retrieve Leanne from hell, yeah. she'll get all of the um, all of the inspiration that we need to start our wrestling. Also, she'll be hyper dench and have so many gains from being in Yeah, she uh, survived hell. hell. So she'll be so muscly. Great yeah. turn. She'll be <laughs> so, so fine in the wrestling that. ring. She could be like the possessed one and I'd be like the priest, like strangling people with rosaries and that kind of ah, thing. Oh, great. What about cool. you? You know, I don't really have the physique of a wrestler. I think I have more of a, a swimmer's physique. So maybe mm. some kind of like Aquaman type yeah. guy. Even though Aquaman is huge. I don't know how he floats but uh, <laughs> <laughs> in those movies. Uh, but yes, maybe I'm like some kind of like water nymph mm. who uh, emerges to do his wrestling matches and he doesn't do so well 
until we do the fish tank battle. Yeah. Which is like a cage match, but it's in the water, I yeah. guess. I don't know if this has ever been done before. I reckon so. I reckon you'd be... Well, they did it on America's Next Top Model, you know. What? You had to, well, you had to, like, do a photo shoot in the fish tank, uh, which was fantastic. They didn't wrestle? Uh, no. They wrestled uh. with their own fears of drowning. But you could do, like, an intimidation technique. So when you're yeah. actually... When you're on, like, on the surface... Mm. And you're doing like the wrestling in the ring. You could lie on the ground and flop like a fish and yes. pretend you like can't breathe. Do like a Try magic hat. Yeah, like, yeah, wig out your other <laughs> opponent. And then they have to ask, will I win? And then you curl up like that yeah. orange fish that tells fortunes. <laughs> and then just freak them out. This is amazing. I'm going to come out in a tank like Houdini and yeah. I'm wrapped in chains. But then I break the chains with my strength yeah. and punch through the glass. Yeah. And then I can use the broken glass to stab them because like I'm not very strong. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. perfect. Well, I hope I don't see you in the ring, <laughs> my friend, because I don't know how to deal with cops. <laughs> we should start a wrestling group. Next Fringe. Yeah, we're going to do a wrestling show. Of course! Wow. Improv She Wrote, ISW, now stands for Improvised... Super wrestling. wrestling! Yeah! Yes. Come on! Oh my god, improvised wrestling. I'll, I'll pitch it to Owen and Emma. Please do, uh, please do. And I, I think they'll be pleasantly yeah. uh, surprised. If there could be more wrestling in the shows, that would be ideal, I think. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's messy. Because we yeah. have Connor Murray, who's a great interpretive dancer. Yes, amazing. Um, he moves like no one else. No, no, I I can't even see him move. He's just no. that I might he's just that fast. I think wrestling would fill the gap that um, and fill the shoes the massive shoes that Connor Murray is going to vacate when Absolutely. he leaves as a sibling yeah. uh, did you wrestle much in your youth or even today it was more like mind games oh interesting you know it's tough it's really really tough the closest we ever got to wrestling was you know this like fun little joke where my sister would kind of like dangle me over the banisters mm -hmm. and be like okay, do you want me to drop you from the banisters? Yes means no, and no means yes. And I'd be like, uh, yes. And she'd be like, okay. And I'd scream like, ah! And then my mom would just stop caring because this happened every night for like maybe two years. But the, the mind games were kind of, they were very intense. It was all about making the other person look cringy and embarrassing. Ah, uh, you know? okay. So whatever you wanted to do, like whatever interest there was. And I was just one of those, like... I used to like run up and down the lane, you know, when you're just kind of like, you're just like imagining stuff in your head and you just like are pissing around in the garden and that kind yeah. of thing. I used to do that until I was very old, like maybe 12 or 13. I used to just be like, I'm in my, I'm in my world again. <laughs> and I just like, my eyes would just glaze over and Leanne would always catch me doing it and try to like film it. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was more like psychological berating each other. Interesting. Um, what interesting. about you? I grew up with two brothers and a sister, so there was quite a lot of wrestling going yeah. on. But I would try to not get too involved. I was never too interested. You were the referee. Yeah, I was the referee <laughs> or a bystander. Round but one. now, whenever me and my younger brother are home at the same time visiting our parents, we will undoubtedly wrestle mm. and he will undoubtedly win. Uh, John Damn. is uh, probably the, although not the tallest in the family, maybe one of the most buff of all the Kavanaghs. Oh, man. I don't know. If we had a big Kavanagh cage match, I imagine John could potentially come out on top. Jeez. Yeah, he's a big fella and he knows all the locks. He's a, like a lock for <laughs> every lock. part. Yeah. <laughs> a lock for every uh, part. Yeah, like a head lock, a leg lock, an arm lock. I don't know how he does it. 
I do wrestle a lot with my roommate and best friend, Matthew Snellgrove. Okay. We've lived together. That's a great surname. Yeah, it really is. We we stopped living together for a few years, not because of the wrestling, because... Uh, <laughs> He was, got too much, yeah. guys. Uh, he was off doing science all around the world. Uh, but he's back now and we're living together. And we did... First started living together, a lot of wrestling. Uh-huh. Then he's... And I used to always win. Not bragging. Just, well, you know, I'm a bigger guy. Then he started going to the gym and he would... Rude. Beat me every time. And I didn't enjoy wrestling. No. Anymore. And then we stopped. Uh, did you have like a time slot in the day for wrestling no it just sort of happened naturally we shared a room so it kind of happened a lot for the first month we lived together our landlord told us there was two beds in the room we showed up it was a double bed and it took us it took her a long time to get us that second bed so there was a chair bed sometimes it would turn into a bit of a wrestling ring yeah uh, stop stealing the covers exactly stop beating each other up yeah uh, but now he is doing his PhD, so he doesn't have as much time to work out, which means it's a bit fairer when we do wrestle. Still saves now. the time for wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're just about out of time, Kira. Oh, man. I know you've got to go do your job. Yeah, I have a job. Yeah, tell us about your job. I am flyering for, oh. uh, for another agency who are representing uh, lots of other comics and comedy groups that are here, including... Ronan Carey's one. Yes, Dream Gun Film Reads. Um, Check that out. I was meant to be flyering for that one yesterday, uh, and I was really excited because it was when they were doing a rewritten script of Goldeneye. And I was like, this will be hilarious. Like, I can really easily fly over this. This is going to be a great two hours. And then as soon as I got there, they were like, Sorry, Kira, we've got to put you back on Constantine, which is that right-wing Russian free speech kind of political guy who does his shows that are really controversial. And I can only sell them to maybe 60-year-old mm. couples who are like, oh, we'd love a political comedy. <laughs> or like really woke people who are my age. But uh, it's difficult difficult to find them to do that. No, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a shame. I was back on the Russian guy, but mm. hopefully... Yeah. I'll get Dream Gun again. That's it. I love everything about Edinburgh except mm. flyering. It's yeah, it, it's it's very tiring as yeah. well. Like trying to be smiley for a while, and then by the time it actually comes to your show, you're too exhausted. To yeah, do I don't mind. I'm I'm flyering for another show as well for Stamp Town. Be sure All to right. check out Jack Tucker Comedy Stand Up Hour. And I love the show, and I love the guy, so that makes it easier to flyer for. But it's very hard to flyer for your own shows. That's what I struggle yeah. with. Because I do like meeting new people, I like talking to people, but I hate talking to someone and trying to pitch my own thing. It feels very inauthentic. And I'm even afraid to just start a conversation with a new person at the fringe because I know my show is going to come up and then it's going to be like, oh, is this guy just talking to me to pitch his show? It's like, no, I want to be friends with you, but also I need the money. I love making friends that pay for stuff like this. (laughs) It's it's also really hard because you know you only have like a couple of seconds before you lose... Yeah. their um their attention so jade and i last night were desperately trying to fly for our show and we were just going up to people be like you guys look really fun like this would be jade's opener like you yeah. look like so much fun and i feel like you want to have some more this was okay we were really stuck for ideas yeah. on to get people in because no one was listening at like 20 past 10 everyone was just yeah. drinking so she's like you guys look like so much fun like please come and see our show and then I was like, okay, I'm going to like try that with Jade as well. And we were like, we need to speed it up because we've got to be back at the venue in mm-hmm. five minutes. And so we like ran up to this group of guys and we were like, you look like so much fun. You're all laughing and giggling and stuff. Do you want to come and see the show? And they got like so scared. They were like, that is way too many words all oh, at wow. once. And we were like, oh, fuck no. All right. Sorry. 
So it's just, it's uh, maybe flying at 10.20 when everyone is a little bit sloshed yeah. isn't, uh, isn't the best technique. No. We tried a new tactic last night just before our show had started lashing rain. So Sam came up with the idea to go up to people and say, hey, you want to come and get dry with some comedy? But, uh, uh, just some dry wit. Yeah, that's the thing. Get just the word dry just didn't really... <laughs> didn't, people didn't react didn't well to it. hit the ground it. running. Yeah. Um, most people were like, no, we'd rather uh, just stand under this umbrella out of the rain we don't want to walk over to the old church you're doing your sketch show oh that's when it really hurts when people would rather be in the rain yeah but hey hopefully from tonight onwards this is coming out on wednesday hopefully we'll be doing we'll have had sellout shows oh i believe that we will you do your special fish wrestling thing the golden fish that curls up (laughs) in the palm of someone's hand i think it's gonna i think it's gonna name that's your thing the golden fish that curls up in the palm of someone's hand that's that sounds name. nice. Yeah. That sounds like a what's, Philip Pullman. What's your name? What's your name? X. 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 I don't know. <laughs> That's really hard. We'll come up with it. We'll come up. You have until Wednesday to let me know. I can add it in at the All end. I want to say is Exorcisters, but... That's not, that's copyright. So. <laughs> um, thank you, I'll come up with it by next time's podcast. Uh, listen, Kira, I've got to let you go. It's 4.20. You, you know it? what that means, yeah. yeah. And, well, we're, also, all, we're all busy yeah. now. And you have your work at... 4 30 yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> um thank you so much for coming thank you in for having me. and i mean we're going to be hanging out a lot i'm sure but enjoy the rest of the fringe you have too. a great run unfortunately our shows clash so i don't get to see improv she wrote but, but i'll be thinking of you yes don't make the same mistake i did be sure to check out improv she wrote here at the fringe uh, it is well worth your time as i said best improv group in the world. Kira, thank you so much Thanks for coming for on and for sharing these comics with me. Any final words? Stay out of hell. What can I say, you know? <laughs> Stay out of hell, guys. Bye. Bye. You can catch Kira Berkeley in Improv She Wrote at the Edinburgh Fringe every day from now until the 10th of August at 10.40pm in the Space Triplex. And be sure to follow Improv She Wrote on all social media to find out when and where the best improv group in the world will be performing next. Comic Swapping Comics has been a Club Valentine podcast produced by Jimmy Kavanagh with special thanks to Benedict Desdale for the theme song. You can keep up to date with all things Club Valentine by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or visit clubvalentinecomedy.com. Happy Valentine's Day! There you go. Good night.